Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. This is what Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse number 1. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay one's life down for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know what his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Man, what an awesome, awesome revelation in John chapter 15. And I, I, could, I could preach 15 different messages off of this text and off this revelation this morning. And I, I just want to share what I feel like the Holy Spirit has prompted me to share with you today. And um, the... Uh, the revelation of what Jesus is talking about in John chapter 15 bears so much truth and so much hope and so much life. Jesus, Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, if you've been a part of CFA for any amount of time, you know it's your pastor's favorite verse, but you know the John 10.10 10 reminds us that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly, that God's intention, God's purpose was for you and I to live, that we would have life, and that life more abundantly is not just associated with the life that we have here on this earth, but the life that we have in eternity with Him forever. Because of sin, Jesus came so that the penalty of sin, which is death, would be redeemed, paid in full by His death on the cross and by His resurrection so that we might live. And in that moment, what happens for every single one of us that say yes to His love and His salvation is that it positions us to experience His presence and the revelation of who He is in our life every single day. Not just, not just in the initial moment of salvation, but every single day to be able to continually experience the glory of His love and of His presence in our lives. We're, we're living in a day and a time where it can feel like that, it can feel as if God is not moving, as, as if God is not hearing, or as if God is not working 
on your behalf. And the enemy can take the things that you are facing and the things that you're walking through and the things that you may have been up against and, and convince you that God is not aware of your circumstances, that God is not aware of what's taking place and of what's happening. But the thing that I love about the revelation that Jesus gives in John 15 is that he reminds us that he is ever aware of our circumstances and our situations, that God knows exactly what we're facing, that he knows exactly what we're walking through, that he knows exactly what we're up against. And what he, what he has made available to us is a place where we can go. The psalmist often called it the place of refuge, the place that we can go, that we can enter into his presence and that we can experience his love, that we can experience what his love brings, which is the hope of our salvation, which is the peace that surpasses all understanding, which is the joy that comes from heaven. And, and John chapter 15, this, this revelation from Jesus under, underlines the importance of what happens when you and I remain in Him. When you and I abide in His presence, when you and I rest in His love. And I, I, I love that, that, Jesus, that Jesus gives the illustration that He does about the vine and the branches. Anybody that's spent any time doing any kind of, of gardening or uh, any kind of work with flowers or any kind of planting, any kind of any kind of reaping, you've seen the, the work that it takes in order to foster a plant that bears fruit, whether it's, whether it's a plant in the garden that produces the vegetable or the fruit or uh, whatever it is that you planted, or if you've planted flowers, that that, that seed eventually springs forth and, and produces a flower, and there's a process that's involved in all of that. And I, I just, I, I, somebody here today, I just want you to know that, that in, the, in, the, in the place that you are right now, that you may, you may just be in the process of what it is that God is doing in your life, of preparing you, of positioning you, of taking all of the things that the enemy has used to try to wreak havoc and destruction in your life, of the things that the enemy has tried to rob you of, to in turn use it for the glory of his name and fulfill and redeem his promises and his plans in your life. John, John 15, 1, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. I, I shared with the church Wednesday night, if you joined us online or you joined us live, you, you heard me talk about this uh, series of messages that I feel like the Lord's put on my heart. And each one is different in nature, but the overarching theme is the same. And it's the, uh, the process of seasons. And um, I, I, said, I said Wednesday night, you know, there are many of us that have a favorite season. How many of you have a favorite season? Right? Uh, some of us, our favorite season's winter. Some of us, our favorite... Uh, yeah, thank you, Austin. I shared Wednesday night my favorite reason that, uh, that winter is my favorite season, or the biggest reason is that the spiders are usually dead then. And, um, you know, the cold kills the spiders, praise the Lord. And so that's one of my reasons why I love it. The other reason is that there's a chance for snow. And uh, I know some of you hate snow, and you pray against it, and I'm praying for you, and others of us, we still have hope. It's not over, right? The, the season of cold and winter is not done. The, the groundhog saw his shadow, and that means that we have six more weeks of winter, and so we're holding out, all right? So we've got hope, but you know, for others of us, it's spring. We love how the dead comes back to life, how the trees regain their leaves and the flowers begin to bloom and there's life that's all around. For some of us, it's summer. We love the heat. I don't understand you. I don't get you. 
I don't, I don't get it, but, but you don't understand me, and you don't get why I love the cold, so that's all right, you know. You can't burn your fireplace in the summer in Arkansas. It's not happening, so... You know, and we lo- you love the heat. You love the time to be able to swim, to be able to go to the beach and get in the ocean and not freeze to death, to be able to, to just soak in the, that vitamin D that's so good. And there's others of you that love fall. You love when the leaves begin to change and when the harvest begins to set in and you begin to see the, uh, the, the, the efforts and the processes of spring and summer really begin to, uh, to manifest in preparation for winter. But every season in life... Every physical season of our world has a process. And every process of that season, there are are things about it that some of us love and there are things about it that some of us hate. And and when we look at our lives and our walk with the Lord and, and we examine the seasons of life that we're in, we oftentimes realize that there's a process to the seasons of our life as well. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I've got it this morning, and I'm not going to read the entire uh, entire set of verses to you, but Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 14, the very first verse says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. And in verse number 11, the word says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. One of the biggest things that we usually hate is time. There's either too much of it because we're waiting or not enough of it because it's gone. And with the Lord, it's all about balance. Have you noticed in the Word, in, in Old Testament and New, in the fulfillment of God's plan and His promises, the balance that God keeps, the balance that God has uh, between His grace and His truth, between His Word and His promises? God brings balance. He brings order to our lives. God brings balance and order to our lives. And there's a balance and order to all of those things. And you know, you look at that and you, and you read verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. And man, it can be frustrating when God doesn't work and God doesn't move in the time that we think he should. When we feel like God hasn't heard or God doesn't understand or that God doesn't know. But the process, the, the seasons of process that God has in our life are essential to fulfilling God's purpose and his plans for us. His purpose and His plans for us are good. We read about that in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse number 11. We, we see time and time again throughout the Word of God and, and, and the promises that He's made and the plans that He's made for us are good and that they bring about the fulfillment of His will for our lives. And what's beautiful about that process is the place when we come to simply trusting the Lord and trusting His order, His direction, His steps, and His time. But it's not always easy. because the process oftentimes involves pain. The process oftentimes involves change. The process oftentimes involves things that we didn't quite expect, that we didn't quite know, that we didn't quite realize. I I got to thinking about John chapter 15, and, and there's a couple of processes, seasons of process that I want to talk to you about over the next couple of weeks, but the first one is the process of pruning. Amen? Amen. I knew you would be excited about that. The process of pruning. It's that time where you cut it back, where you cut off the dead, where you cut off the old, where you even cut off some of the good, some of the new. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll never forget when I first moved into the, to the house over on the lane and uh, Megan and, and Greg, when they had sold the house, they had done some work on their flower beds in the short amount of time that they lived at that location and they had planted, Megan had planted these 
hydrangeas, these beautiful flowers. And you've heard about me talk about the hydrangeas. I love them. They're, they're one of my favorites between those and my ferns. I can't decide which ones are my favorite flowers. I love it. It's a great stress reliever to be able to work in the flower beds, to be able to spend time and to walk. Haley's going, ugh, gross. You know, she can't stand it. But, and there's some people that we don't understand in life. But, you know, you watch the processes. You watch the processes and the things of life. And, and it's, to me, it's amazing to watch. But I'll never forget and, and living in the house and moving into the house. And it was in the fall going into the winter months. And all of those leaves started to fall off of the, those hydrangeas. And I thought, I had never had hydrangeas before, so I thought, I've killed them. Somehow, I didn't water them. I didn't, I, I didn't fully understand that the season change brought about basically what looks like death to those plants. And I've got a picture of what they look like right now in the winter months, and they're nothing to behold. They're nothing beautiful. They're absolutely nothing gorgeous, and we've got a picture of it right there. It's, it's pretty rough. And, um, you know, you think about... I, you know, I, I think about these hydrangeas, and oftentimes when I pull up in the driveway or when I'm leaving the house in the morning and I look at them, I think, you know, there's so, much, there's so many seasons of our life where our life feels like it looks like this. Right? If we're being honest, there's times and there's moments and seasons where our life are like, I don't, have any, I don't have anything to show for anything that I've been through and anything that I've walked through and anything that I've dealt with. And, and I can't, you know, it's so easy in life to try to look at our life and try to see it from the vision and the perspective and the outlook and, and what we think and what we understand and what we can feel and what we can realize. But, but the reality is, is that God knows the intricate details of your life. God understands the depths of what happens in the, in the seasons of process and the things that are taking place place, the things that are establishing your root system, your foundation, the things that are preparing you for the season that he is bringing you into as he fulfills his promises and his purposes in your life. But the reality is, is that there are seasons of process and God fulfilling his plans and his promises that don't always look pretty that aren't always easy, that are oftentimes difficult. And I'll never forget talking to my grandmother about these hydrangeas, she has some in her flower beds in Ohio and, and talking about it. And she talked about cutting those back and talking to Miss Diane about them. And, and, and she's, Miss Diane has a green thumb, if you didn't know it. And she talked about the, that process of cutting those back. And I thought, how am I supposed to cut back something that's so beautiful? And, and it's, not, it's not time yet. It's, I've got two more weeks before I cut these back. But I'll cut these things down and I'll trim off all of these, these high parts and bring it so low to the ground. And in that process, it, it, feels, it feels like you are tearing something apart, ripping apart the beauty, ripping apart the process. But the truth is, for anybody that knows or understands the process of pruning, it's in preparation for the growth that's coming. And had the dead and the old not been removed, had the things that had been hindering the true growth and the process of growth that needs to take place as the seasons begin to change, then I would miss the beauty of what those have to offer as the result of the pruning process. And I love what Jesus says in, 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 in John 15, verse number 2. He says in here, he says, 
He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. When you think about, when you think about the pruning process, and it oftentimes can look or feel as if you are doing what he was talking about in the first part of this verse, which is cutting off every branch that bears no fruit. Basically what Jesus is talking about is the importance of removing the obstacles to the growth, to the fulfillment of God's plan and His purposes in our lives. The pruning process is essential for us because it prepares us for what God has established to bring about in our lives. The first thing in, that I want to talk about in the process of pruning is, is, number one, pruning is essential to growth. If you don't cut back, you won't see. There's a, a time of year that often we, we work on the shrubs around the church, and we usually have uh, one, one awesome gentleman that comes and, and cuts uh, those that cuts those crepe myrtles back every year. Brother Harold, he'll show up in the middle of the afternoon as quiet as can be, and you'll have no idea that he's here until he's halfway through, and he's cut off those, uh, we call it crate murder, and uh, because it, it's so gut-wrenching, you know, oftentimes the ladies in the church pull up and they're like, <gasps> you know, because suddenly it was it had all of these limbs and all of these leaves and all of this, and then it's gone. It's just this trunk, this mass, but you know that in the spring, it's coming back, and in the summer, it's going to bloom these beautiful flowers, and oftentimes, Brother John Coons, who does a beautiful job, and, and his wife, Karen who helps him and and some of their family I know Rob and Heather have helped several times and Hunter that have come to help uh, take care of so many of the shrubs and and those that have partnered alongside them through the years you know there's a season of time where they cut those shrubs back and they look bare they look ugly in the beginning of the year but it's amazing what happens when the season of growth comes because suddenly those bare shrubs are full again the process of pruning is essential to our growth. God has called us out of darkness into light, into the love and the relationship with Him that He's established for us so that we can experience growth, so that He can remove the curses, the lies, the attempts of the enemy from our life to rob us from the fulfillment of His blessing, of His word and His promises. There may be, it, may, it may seem like right now that your life looks a lot like that hydrangea bush right now. That it may feel like there, there is no fullness, that there is no beauty, that there is no joy, that there is no excitement or anticipation in, what there's, in what's happening. But friends, I'm here to tell you today that God is all about the seasons of process and the process of pruning that He may be doing in your life is cutting off and removing things that would hinder you from the fulfillment of His word, of His plan, and of His process. The, the part of, of your life where God is wanting to shape and mold and transform, where God is wanting to take what looks like a loss, what looks like less than, what looks like the impossible in your life and use it to bring forth his healing, to bring forth his growth, to bring forth his change and his transformation. In order to be a part of the, the pruning process, we have to uh, not only understand that it's essential to our growth, but realize that we have to trust the gardener. Trust the gardener. Verse number one, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. God is the gardener. He created the heavens and the earth. He created you and I. He established us in our lives. The things that we have to do is realize that we have to trust the gardener. It is hard to trust. It is hard to trust when we don't understand the full process. I mean, I'll never, I'll never forget being told you got to cut those back. 
Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta trim them all the way back, or or, or at least a, a good chunk of the way back, so that it can that it can produce the life and 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 the health that the plant needs. And you know, when when you think about that in our lives, there are things when God removes things, when God changes things, when God calls us to a deeper level, to a higher place, that it can be so hard to see what that's going to look like, to see the fulfillment of what that's going to bring. But something powerful happens in our life when we just begin to trust God, when we begin to realize that, you know what, He knows every detail and He knows every part of what I need. He understands what's essential to my life, not only to survive, but to thrive. God is not, God is not interested in you just surviving this world. God is not interested in you just surviving. God's not interested in you. I think so many times because of the unexpecteds in our life that we feel like we're just trying to survive and that we're just trying to just trying to make it. If I can just hold on until heaven comes. If I can just hold on until the trumpet sounds. And I understand there's seasons and there's moments and there's times of our life where we certainly feel that way. But God's not called us to remain in that place. He's called us to thrive. That even in the seasons of loss, in the seasons of trial and difficulty, to realize that He has called us to thrive, to bear much fruit, to know that He is the master gardener, that he is the one who has prepared and planned and positioned our life. He is the one that has planted us. And if he's planted us, if we'll trust him through the process, we'll experience the blessing of his growth, of his provision, and of his life. We have to remember that everything that's planted gets pruned. (laughs) What gets planted by God is pruned by God. God's intended for you and I to bear much fruit. Jesus said in verse 4, He said, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. In verse number 6, He says, If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If a plant does not receive, if those hydrangeas do not receive the water that they need, I'll never forget when I was at the, uh, I was down at, at Four Seasons of the nursery, and I was talking to them about some of the other other flowers and things that I had, and uh, I was talking about the hydrangeas and wanting to know what kind of fertilizer, what kind of food, what kind of things that they recommended, and and I'll never forget what she said to me. She said, "You need to make sure more than anything that those get water." hydrangeas, hydrate, hydrangeas, make sure that you hydrate those. You, if, if, if a hydrangea does not have the water that it needs and it begins to wilt, there's not very many more times that it can wilt before it will cause uh, irreversible harm to that plant, at least for that season. I think there are seasons and there are moments and there are times where our life where we find ourselves in a place where we're lacking what we need because we haven't remained in, a, in, the, in the vein of the supply that we need, which is, is, is heaven, is Jesus. I, you know, I love our times of, of worship and our times of prayer because it's in those moments that the presence of Jesus just begins to, to surround, that the presence of Jesus and the love of God just begins to overwhelm. And it's in that place that we realize our worries and our troubles are not worth us being separated from his presence and his joy. Of what, of what happens when we pray and when we worship. Of when we press into what it is that he has for us. When we become intentional about spending time 
with him, about spending time in his presence, spending time in his word. That, I, we, we talk about it all the time, about making sure that we're taking time throughout the week and every single day to engage in the word of God and to spend time in his presence and to worship. Why? Because those are essential things that our spiritual life needs. Just like your physical body needs water, it needs food, it needs the fuel to not only survive, but also to thrive. The same is true for us spiritually. And that's what Jesus is talking about in John 15. What happens when you and I rest in him, when you and I rely on him, is there's a shift that begins to happen and it begins to take place because we begin receiving the nutrients that we need. Not that we had to come up with it on our own, not that we had to provide for it for ourselves, but that because we are trusting in him and because we are a part of the process that he has for us, that God is administering everything that we need to experience the life and the, and the promise and the plans that he has for us. I, you know, I think about our lives in, in, relation, in relation to those plants, and those plants are totally reliable on the gardener. We've got to be totally reliable on the gardener of our lives. Totally reliable on, totally, totally reliable on, the, on the source, on the resources that he has for us, and to trust that he knows he knows what we need and when we need it. He knows what we need and when we need it. I, I think so many times in our life we become overwhelmed by the worry and the, and the fear and the uncertainty of our season and of our situation that we begin to question if God really knows what's happening or if God really understands what's taking place. But the Lord's not calling on you and I to try to figure out what's next and how we get what we need next, but to trust in what he's saying. The, the best way that, that we can do that is to, number four, remain in Christ's love. To trust in what he's saying through obedience, respond to what he is leading us to do. Even in the moments that it doesn't make sense, even in the moments that it doesn't add up in our minds, even in the moments that we can't, we can't fully comprehend, to understand that when we rely on him, that when we respond in obedience to what he said, that at just the right moment he waters our soul, that at just the right moment that he feeds our life just the right moment that he provides what only he can provide, that when we need protected from the, from the storms or from the uncertainties of life, that he offers that protection, that he steps into the middle of our lives and our situation, and he offers us the protection and the provision and the transformation that we need so that we not only survive, but so that we thrive, so that the beauty that he has established in you, those of you, every single person in this room, every single person who's online, who were fearfully and wonderfully made, who were created and designed and called by, by God for a reason, for a purpose, would see the fulfillment of his plans and of his will for your life. Every, every season of process, and especially the process of pruning, requires an understanding of, of the transformation process that God has us on. Because even with the pruning process, there's growth, there's added growth that comes, and there's added growth that comes, and there's added growth that comes. And if we trust what God is saying and we trust what God is doing, we see the beauty of what God has created and the beauty of what God has planned and the purpose of what he has. Because number five, the pruning process reveals that everything God prunes produces more fruit. Everything God prunes produces more fruit. 
He said, he said in, 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 in John 15, verse 8, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And, and this revelation of his word and this revelation of his love, it, it brings about a change and a transformation. And in verse 16, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, my Father will give you. God has not called you and I uh, to be a church that lacks He's not called you and I as disciples uh, to be people that lack the fruit and the evidence of who He is. You know, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit and the impact that the fruit of the Spirit has on our life in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And we talk about the, the difference and the evidence of what that makes. Why? Because as believers, there's a shift, there's a change in what's happened in our lives because we're no longer living by the systems and the protocols of this world. We're living in the design and the purpose and the plans that God has for us. So when the world falls apart around us, the reason that the, that the body of Christ doesn't fall apart is because the body of Christ understands that the gardener's in control. That the, that the gardener has a plan and that he has a purpose. And if there are things that he has removed, if there's things that he has, he has shown to us that he is taking, that he's removing from our lives, the things that he's cutting off, that the enemy's used to keep us from flourishing as he's called us to, that it's in those moments that he's bringing about the transformation and the change that we need so that we produce fruit that lasts. The world is longing for the fruit of God's spirit, the evidence of God's glory, the evidence of God's plan, the evidence of God's love. The key to all of it is love. The key to all of it is love. God is love. It's who he's called us to be. Jesus sums up all the law and the prophets in two commands, to love God with everything that we have and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And it's the command that he gives. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. And he ends this passage of Scripture in verse 17. This is my command. Love each other. We have got to not only rest and rely on the love that God has for us, but learn what it means to truly love one another. To walk in the love that God has called us to. There is nothing that breaks down the strongholds of the enemy and shatters the curses of sin than the love of God. The love that is evident in our lives and the love that is evident through our lives because it brings the fulfillment of His plan for His kingdom to come. In his will to be done. I, I, I pulled this picture. Uh, I pulled this picture yesterday of of uh, those same hydrangeas of what they look like in the spring. And this was two years ago. And I wanted to show you this morning what uh, what happens after that pruning process and the life that returns almost what seems like instantaneously. And they they've gotten even bigger and taller now. My uh, my, my mom and dad think that I need to cut them lower so that you can see the azaleas. You can barely see the ones that are peeking up behind. But I love how big those hydrangeas get and the life that comes from cutting them back and making sure that they have the nutrients and the, and the things that they need in order to bloom. And it's so cool to watch as the leaves return and as the, as the blooms begin to appear because every year that that pruning process happens, there's even more blooms. 
the same, is, the same is true for us. When God takes us through a season or a process of pruning, the purpose is not to bring harm. The purpose is not to bring pain. The purpose is not to bring sorrow into our life. The purpose is to bring about his glory and the power of his plan of how he administers to us everything that we need to produce and to bear more fruit. God is not interested in causing you pain. If you are convinced that God has been trying to cause you pain, the enemy has sold you a lie. God's purpose in your life is to take the things that the enemy has intended to use to steal, kill, and destroy, and to defeat those, to bring forth the life and the life more abundantly, that you would realize that when God looks at you, when all you see is what that first picture showed, something that is barren, something that is a mess, something that is full of chaos, to understand that what God sees is the masterpiece of his creation and every bloom, every fruit, every purpose that he's created in your life to bring forth the joy and the hope and the peace and the glory of heaven. So this morning, you may be in a place where you feel like that you're in this in this season of, uh, of painful process, in the season of, of, of frustrating circumstances, you may not see the purpose of what's happening and what's taking place in your life, but I want you to understand something that God knows exactly where you are and he knows exactly what's taking place and he's examining everything that the enemy has used as a threat, as an attempt to bring about the, the death of your soul, the death of your life, to meet it with the healing elements and the ointments of heaven through the salvation and the healing and the fulfillment of his word and his promise so that you will bloom as he has called, as he has destined, as he has purposed for your life, so that you will see the faithfulness and the goodness and the glory of God as he restores, as he renews, and as he redeems for the fulfillment of his plan in your life. The pruning process isn't fun. It's not always pretty, and it's not always enjoyable. But when you understand the depths of what God's plan and what God's word are, you realize that he truly does make everything beautiful in his time. So I may be in a process today, and you may be in a process today, but I'm resting in the fact that the gardener of the universe is watching over me and that the processes that he has in place for my life are bringing about the fulfillment of his plan and his purposes for the glory of his name.